welcome to the Her Sports Story podcast. Former athletes, if that's you out there, you have found the right place. In this podcast, we interview phenomenal former female athletes on their journeys out of sport and into the next chapters of their lives, chasing their dreams while always still embodying the athlete mindset. Because I think once we're an athlete, we're always an athlete. I'm your host, Bethany Crouch, former competitive and collegiate gymnast of 15 years turned athlete advocate professional, and I'm so happy you're here. Please engage with this community on Instagram at HerSportsStory, and enjoy the show. So happy you're here today to join us for another episode of the Her Sports Story podcast. Today we have Rachel Boardman. Rachel is a former national level swimmer and she's from across the pond as we would say. She's from the UK and we talk about her 10 year long swimming career. Her swimming career definitely had some ups and downs. It definitely ended on a note that she didn't envision for the end of her sport which I think is so important to talk about right now because there are so many athletes who are experiencing the same thing. We then go on to talk about her transition out of sport, her educational journey, her traveling journeys, and what's really cool is that Rachel not only has a podcast called Beyond the Finish Line, but she also really wants to help athletes who are transitioning out of sport especially those athletes that are maybe looking into entrepreneurship. So I hope you enjoy this conversation with myself and Rachel. Rachel, we are so excited to have you on the Her Sports Story podcast today. Thankfully, you and I have had some some time to talk before this. We, we're doing a podcast swap, so I'm excited now for me to interview you on all things your sports story, what you're currently doing now. So welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Like you said, I've, we've had so much fun so far learning about you, and I'm excited to kind of share my story to your audience now. I can't wait. Perfect. All right, so just so our audience can kind of get a feel of you know who you are, what your sports story kind of looked like, let's dive into that a little bit. Tell us about your sport journey. Cool. So um, I am based in the UK. I'm from um, a little place called Manchester in England. I don't know if you've heard of it from the football team, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's home for me. Um, I, my background, my saw my sport was swimming. Um, I learned to swim when I was like four. Wow. Um, yeah. And once I, like, I, I tried a bunch of different sports. Like I did like gymnastics. I did ballet. I did um football rugby um like cricket I tried a whole bunch of sports but hey Rachel I'm picking up a lot of feedback I can't um hear you oh no as well I it almost sounds like um something's rubbing up against the microphone so I don't know I don't think it's is that any better 
What was that? Is that, is that any better? Yeah, that's weird. I'm getting weird. Right, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what. Um, it might Rachel, thank you so much for being here today for the Her Sports Story podcast. We're so excited to have you on. And thankfully, we had the past hour or so to chat about uh, a little bit about me with our podcast swap. So I'm excited to hear about your sports story. And thanks so much for being here. No worries. I'm so excited to go on the show and share share my side of the story now. I've got to know you. Um, yeah, so let's um, jump right in. Yeah. So we want to, of course, hear all things your sports story. So go ahead and start wherever feels great for you. <laughs> okay, awesome. Um, so for, I guess, anyone that's not come across me before, um, and maybe you can tell from my accent a little bit, um, I'm from the UK. I'm from a little place called Manchester. Um, so that's home for me. And um, I, my background, my sport is swimming, always has been. I learned to swim when I was like three or four. Um, tried a bunch of other sports because that's just the way my parents roll. They're like, we're gonna, you can try all these different sports, gymnastics, rugby, football, um, you know, athletics, whatever you, I could get my hands on. Um, even like ballet, wasn't any good at ballet. <laughs> and um, but as soon as I started swimming, that was that was it for me. That was that was the one thing that I wanted to do. Um, and when it got to the point of I finished learnt, like finished the lessons, and my mum turned around to me, well, that's it now. Um, I was like, but I want to swim. Um, so my mum was like, oh, well, I guess we need to find somewhere to, to send her then. Um, luckily, they had a family friend who was a swim teacher and a coach at my local swimming club. Um, and she got me in that way. And um, kind of the rest is the rest is a little bit of history. Like I went from strength to strength. I um, was, uh, so breaststroke was my stroke. Um, and at the age of, I think like 10 or 11 I was the best in my club and that's like through to seniors as well it was quite ridiculous really um yeah I hit nationals um I I think the best I ranked to nationals was like top 20 maybe like top the number 16th which was like for my age which was bizarre um county champion regional champion I represented my county that was probably one of my highlights of my sport was um I got to represent Lancashire in the like the county champion like the inter county championships wow. against all the others and we got we beat Yorkshire <laughs> which was like just wow. that that big like red rose white rose like rivalry that goes back to the war of the roses and then it was, it was just a thing and that was that was that was a pretty cool time um and there was some uh, guys on the team that went on to went on to swim at the Olympics like one of my teammates was um, for Fra Francesca Halsall who has won world and Commonwealth medals so that was unreal wow. at, um, at the time um but so yeah swimming, swimming was kind of everything for me for, for for a long while um but like any sport it has its ups and downs and uh, my, yeah my big so my big um down came when I was 15 in that season like it was the first season where no sorry I was 14 it was just it was just just before I turned 15 like that season I had not it was the first season where I just wasn't competing well 
Um, and I put that down to the fact that I'd moved up um, into the, the top squad. So I was a, there was a huge difference in the way that they trained and my body just hadn't adapted to it as quickly as it had done in the past. And that's, that's kind of what we put it down to. But then I had pneumonia twice. Oh, wow. In within six months. Um, and that kind of put a, a, a downer on everything. So the second time I, I had it, so we'd been, we'd been to, over to Germany to compete in this like big swim festival I guess um and I'd come back it was like the first time I competed in outdoors and that's an experience in itself for a summer because obviously most times you're indoors but sitting on the side of this this outdoor pool with the sun beating down because it's like the end of June <laughs> um, and you know you're getting a suntan which is not a great suntan when you're a swimmer because you get like a circle on your back and you get your hat and your goggle lines but it doesn't matter and then you're swimming in an outdoor pool and having to deal with the elements like the wind and, and stuff which is an experience in itself um and then um i came back and i started coughing i just thought that oh i just it the like the aircon system on the plane had set my asthma off but it didn't get any worse. It just got worse and worse. And by like the Saturday, I was my mum had me in A and E, um, and basically I was told that um, I had pneumonia. Um, they luckily they gave me the option of whether to stay to be because at that point I wasn't didn't need to be admitted to hospital, and I was like I don't want to stay in hospital, not because I didn't want to stay in hospital, but because um, I don't remember if you remember there's uh, there was. Uh, uh, Live Eight, the big music festival that they did for um, for, um, for Africa, um, okay. the one that they did back in '85, and then they did like a a one um, a few years ago. Mm -hmm. That was on TV, and I wanted to watch that, <laughs> so that was the reason why I got treated as an outpatient. But yeah, so yeah, I, I was at home, not um, having all the had having all the symptoms that people have right now with coronavirus. So I kind of, if you've got that, I know, I know like how that feels because pneumonia is, is a little bit is, is kind of similar. Um, and then within a month, I was back competing at the at the Welsh Nationals. Um, I got within a few seconds of my PE. It was literally like I because I'd I'd been I got back in the pool the week before and done like two sessions or maybe like half an hour an hour just paddling up or down. And it was literally like a taper session. <laughs> I just like had a month taper, so I'd still performed. Um, but I shouldn't have got back in the pool. And I didn't realise that until a lot, a lot later. Because um, I got back in and I trained. And then I had a couple of weeks out and then I got back in and I started training. I cut back on my training. Like, I, like normally as a swimmer, I don't know how well you uh, know um, like how often swimmers train but we you know we train eight nine times ten times a week sometimes plus your gym sessions so I cut down I didn't do the morning sessions which was fantastic and my mum loved that um, and I <laughs> I couldn't physically swim butterfly for six months wow. that's how bad that's the effect it had on my lungs I just couldn't do it um, and I struggled a lot with breaststroke actually because it's quite a hypoxic stroke because you can only breathe when you bring your head up you've got that one particular space like time in your stroke where you can breathe so I, um, I struggled a little bit with that sometimes um and basically what happened was I because I got back in the pool too soon because I didn't I didn't have the support I didn't have the knowledge to know that I needed to take it way way back and 
neither did my coach for that matter or my mum because I wasn't I wasn't on the GB squad or whatever I didn't have access to the top coaches I didn't have anybody to tell me what I should be doing um so I got back in and I basically caused scarring on my lungs um and it took me three years before I did another like personal best um (laughs) on, on, on the breaststroke and it was it was so so hard to watch all my friends around me make those that progress those steps going make those national finals make British champs going um swim for the country and all those things and I was just stuck at the same point um but I knew I wasn't done yet and I knew it had to had had to um come so I think the biggest thing for me was um that remember the coach that I was telling you about earlier that got me into that my parents knew yeah they got back in touch with her and her son who is an Olympian himself he went to the Athens games so a few years prior to those games he'd been seriously ill he'd been like on death's door Mm. um and he'd come back um but it took him a while and he came around to my house and I remember him sitting like over on the the other side of, of of the room um and I was like just in like because he was like one of like my kind of swimming idols and I was just like starstruck kind of thing and it's just bizarre because he's just this normal bloke um and he was basically chatting to me about his experiences and telling me that you can do it you can it is is gonna take time but you will get there eventually and just having having someone say that and seeing them that they you know they nearly died and then went to the olympics was like oh okay well maybe i can do that and that's kind of what helped me get through those three years even though it was really really difficult Mm -hmm. wow so and this was you were you said 15 16 years old when this happened yeah yeah so it was yeah i think it was just before i turned it was because my birthday is september so it was like the the summer before i turned 15 yeah wow Um, so when you, you know, eventually got back into it and you said it took you three years to do certain strokes or to be back kind of at that level that you were prior, what were, what was the thing that kind of kept you going? Um, just this, like, I guess the main thing was this, the dream that I had that, um, that I wanted to make the Olympics like I just had this vision in my head of me like I know it sounds it sounds a little bit silly to me now but like I wanted to win the gold medal in a world record time at the Olympics like that that was that was the ultimate dream that's what I wanted to do um, and I'd see obviously like I said I'd seen um, um, Adrian the guy who came and chat to me I'd see like while he didn't he didn't medal or whatever he he still made the Olympics he still you know came back from it and um I knew that it was that there was while I just had to take it back a step and say right well that might be like my best ever time but this season I've done this and just see those small improvements okay I'm repping at this this say I'm I'm doing like uh, soon 50 like my rep time is I don't know like 34 or whatever now or maybe next time it's going to be 33 and just seeing those small steps and taking it back a little bit was was kind of what helped and while I might not be at the point that I was 
I'm still making progress to get to get there. Yeah. And so with this, you know, kind of aspect of your journey, how did the I would guess the close of your sports story left then? Yeah, so kind of this I only figured this out in the last like the last few months actually and it was like a proper light bulb moment for me so I had that that point where in that season where I finally hit the PB I finally was like on top swimming like like it was like just flying down the pool and everything was going right and then I had the the last competition of the kind of season or the last the possible last possible time that I could qualify for the national champs that that year um, and I was at this competition um, and my two teammates who were both in different age categories were all in three different age categories and they were in the two heats before me so we we're each in a different heat um, and I watched them both go and swim and both go and get their respective national qualifying times so I was stood there like right I've got this I've seen these do it I know that I can go and do it um, so I jumped it well I didn't jump in I dived in <laughs> And everything felt right, and I knew, like, you know, you know, when you're performing well, you just have this feeling, um, and that was kind of what what was going on in that that kind of race until mm -hmm. like the last. I knew it was going to be close because down that last length, it was just it was it was hard. Um, and then I hit the wall, and I looked up, and I was just devastated. Um, I'd missed the qualifying time by sixth six one hundredths of a second and I was just I just was just like the world had fallen down and I when I got out of the pool I didn't like normally when you get out of the pool like what you walk and go and have a chat with your coach like just have a bit quick debrief before you go and um go and warm down but I went straight down straight to the swim down pool did a swim down and my coach had to pull me out of the pool to make sure I was all right um, and I wasn't um <laughs> And basically that, that was the, the start of the end. I didn't give myself, afterwards, I didn't give myself time to process what, what I was feeling, how it was going on. And to an extent, I didn't have time to process because I was going into the final year of college or what you guys would call high school, like that time before you go to, well, final year before you go to university. So I had to, um, I was busy, you know, figuring out what, what, course I was going to do where I was going to go doing the applications and all that all that kind of business and then the exams and I just didn't give myself time to process and in the kind of whole spirit of that season for whatever reason I still don't know why but after having an amazing like season that year and going from strength to strength the following season all I did was train get fit get ill have time out to get well again train and it was just that cycle and I was just like I just I can't do this anymore um, and it was like, what's the point? Why am I doing this? And I just, I fell out of love. I felt like, I felt like my sport had betrayed me. And um, like you talked a little bit about it being a breakup um, with, with your sport. And that's exactly how I felt as well. Um, I had this like big messy breakup and just left the sport, but not just my sport. I left exercise completely. I was like, I'm done. I've had enough exercise for the rest of my life. Right. I just, I just walked away. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. Yeah, there is such an interesting 
emotional relationship with your sport where you constantly or at least from my experience I felt this constant like tug of war with my heart <laughs> where you know you'd have good days and you were just like elated and then you would have days that you're like I don't think I can go back I don't think I can get back in the pool again or go back in the gym again and I really appreciate your honestly and like feeling through this through your story because I think it's still like we still process it it's not this just like magical like oh I processed it and now I'm good oh yeah right and so to, to be able to hear your story and for me over here feeling your story I just think it's so necessary and that by you sharing your story with this level of emotion behind it, um, you are helping so many who, uh, you know, who still, you know, they'll listen to your story and then they'll start to break down theirs, right? And they'll, they'll be able to take out pieces where they're like, I felt that way too. And, and she went through that too. And so that's a huge reason why the Her Sports Story platform exists so thank you so much for sharing all of it and so now I know now moving on from the last point that you let, let off at was that you're done with exercise and being a swimmer I mean you the amount that you spend at the pool exercising is incredible uh, I, I would say it's probably just as much or more than gymnastics and gymnasts um but yeah I totally can relate to not wanting to go back into a gym or go back into the pool or work out like I went through a time where like my husband is a former athlete too former baseball player and he's he's always had a passion for working out and um just loved it and I went through such a period of time where I'm like where he's like, you need to just work out for your health. I'm like, but that's not enough. As terrible as that sounds, it wasn't enough to me. Like there wasn't this drive nor goal um, and the weirdest, weirdest mindset. But expand on kind of like your relationship then with exercising after you have walked away from your sport. Yeah, so um, to begin with, like I still had to had to do a little bit because I was, um, as most swimmers do, I was lifeguarding, so I had to have at least a little bit of fitness so that I could, you know, jump in and save somebody from drowning if I had to. Um, and I was around the pool because I was teaching and coaching as well. So while I had wasn't doing the sport myself, I was, there was still that little bit of, of connection, but. Um, I did try other sports, um, like I'd try, what did I try? Because um, when I stopped, it was just before I started uni, so I went to uni and did the whole the whole uni thing, okay. um, like sport-free, although I did try, I did try to go to the gym, I did try, um, oh, what was it, kickboxing, I tried that, and I liked the fitness side of it, but I didn't like the like the strict martial arts, that just wasn't for me. Um, and, but when I went in the gym, I didn't know what to do in the gym, like because normally we in the gym, people that's you know I have a set routine. This is what you do, this, this, and this, um, and it was really weird because, um, like 
during my first year, um, I got together with, um, I, I, I found a boyfriend, like my per first like serious boyfriend. And he was on the, when we got together, he was on the chubby side, um, but he found fitness and sport at university and got into it because um, he, he wanted to join the forces. So we kind of needed to get fit to do that. Whereas I walked away from it and it was almost like, as he got fitter, I got like fatter. <laughs> <laughs> it was like it was like the complete opposite it was just weird um but apart some of that not just the exercise it was the the big thing for me was the nutrition side of things because I'd just gone to uni I was all of a sudden I was having to fend for myself food wise and while I can cook I absolutely I hate cooking like I just I I I cook so that I can feed myself and that's that's it if someone else is good was someone else wants to cook for me then then yeah I'll let them <laughs> for sure um, so I was you know cooking cooking these meals and eating the way that I ate as a swimmer that was the big thing like I was still and as a swimmer you're burning all these many many thousands of calories so you eat very carb heavy foods so I was just, you know, eating lots and lots and lots of pasta because one, it's quick and easy and yep. two, it's what I'm used to eating. Um, so I just put on the weight um, and then from that, I'm not exercising, I'm eating as a swimmer, putting on the weight, the self-confidence went down um, and that was kind of the start of the spiral which um, eventually took me down the black hole of depression to, um, as unfortunately is um, so common in in former athletes okay yeah i mean because it's as i like to kind of remind people is that being an athlete it's it's physical it's emotional um, it's mental so when you leave it's not just one thing you know and that I think that a lot of us struggle with with how to figure out life after. And I'm, gosh, as far as like cooking, thankfully my husband cooks a lot. <laughs> with recent, um, with, and I think this is instinct or whatnot, but with being pregnant now, I've like become more resourceful. <laughs> which he's happy about when he comes home and dinner's made. Um, but Gosh, I am, I am 11 years out of my sport. Yeah, I'm about the same. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It'd be 11 years this summer. Yeah. So, which is a crazy, you know, thing to think about. And we're like, we're still talking about it, right? Like, yeah. and that's, it's so monumental and in, it's tough when you're in that space as a former athlete going through that, the nitty gritty transition and you feel like you shouldn't, you know that it may not be healthy for you, um, but it's it's honestly how you're coping with it too. And yeah. the transition, but no one is really coaching you on it, you know? And so it's this, it's a, this journey that we have to endure sometimes by ourselves. Thankfully now, like there's people like you, there's people like me to talk about it and just be like, yes, this is a thing. This happens. And so if, if you need support around it, um, if you just need to go through it, cause sometimes that's, that's the case too, that we just need to experience, um, the other side for a bit. 
as weird as that as that sounds. So I can totally, totally see how it was just this almost like trifecta for you, where it was the exercise and then the nutrition paired with, you know, the the adjustment in mindset. Yeah. Do you know what else? Like there was also the um the whole like loss of community. Like I know that swimming is it's a you compete individually, but you train as a group. Right. You spend so much time with those people that they become your second family. Mm -hmm. um, and you're always with them all the time. Like you train with them and you end up having house parties with each other. You know, yeah. you go out shopping with, with, you know, you spend all your time. Um, and just literally a few months after I finished, um, I went like, so one of them was having a barbecue, like a little, like Sunday, Saturday afternoon house party. So I went along mm -hmm. and, I felt so out of place. Yeah. They were not doing anything to make me feel out of place, but because I, I wasn't with them all day, every day. Like I wasn't, I didn't know the in jokes. I didn't know what was going on in everybody's lives. I know a few people because I still kept in contact with them, but I just felt like I didn't belong anymore. And I was like, well, what do, where do I belong? And all of a sudden I had like, my my social circle just went from like that to to like just shrunk exponentially yeah. um and rather than go out and try and find new things and mm -hmm. whatever because of everything else that was going in my life I just shrunk into myself and consequently my social circle shrunk even more because once I finished my finished my undergraduate degree I went further away from home and do a to do my doctorate I went and did PhD mm -hmm. um, and although I was only two hours further away I couldn't go and see people on a whim um, and I was just like on my own so much so much more and it just didn't do me any good and that was the, the thing that really impounded like me going into depression and stuff mm -hmm. and it wasn't until like the last couple of years really or even the last year or so that I realized how much I need a community and um, how how much even though I am introverted I still need that social social um situations and and, and that kind of thing um, and again that was one of the reasons for what I like why I started the the podcast and and the community and everything and why I think what you're doing is so awesome thank you so much yeah and you obviously see a need for it I see a need for it because I don't, again, kind of, a, we had a, the chance to talk earlier when I was on your podcast, but when I kept searching into Google for this community, I couldn't find it. Yeah. <laughs> but back in like 2013 or 14 or whatever. Um, yeah, but even when I was searching for it in the last year or so, when I was trying to figure out if this was a good good idea, like uh -huh. I couldn't really find it. There was maybe one or two people, but um, and most of them, um, most of them are based US based. It's not really anything in the UK. Yeah, I would agree with you there. I mean, I have found a lot with US and even actually a lot in Australia too, which I'll definitely share with you. Um, but yeah, it's, it's cool because it's like, there's this resurgence kind of happening of 
former athletes recognizing this and, and wanting to make an impact and help current athletes through this transition, through community, through coaching, through um, programs and whatnot. So I'm so, I, I love that this exists. Like this is so phenomenal. So let's talk about then everything that you're doing in this space. You have your podcast, um, you are looking, I believe, to work with athletes, you know, and building their, their careers or maybe that entrepreneurial endeavor that they're looking at. So speak about what you're doing now. Yeah, exactly. So I have, um, as you said, my podcast, which we so gratefully on, um, which again, we get people on and we chat about this background in sport and the challenges they face through transition and I like to put that kind of entrepreneurial spin on it um, and that's um, it's what I found and um, like I, when so I spent the last couple of years traveling through Australia and that kind of thing um, trying to start my own business because I realized that regular kind of nine to five stuff wasn't for me and then I learned about this um, I learned about this thing called uh, online like like digital businesses and I was like I want in on that um so I was like well I'm going traveling I like to write I'll start a travel blog I like I can take my camera on I can photograph and that was great but um like 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 most people didn't work didn't do you know <laughs> I didn't make it was great it was a great hobby I didn't make any money out of it um but what I did realize was like going from hostel to hostel to hostel and speaking to loads of people from around the world having those same conversations you know what what's your name where are you from what's your background and I was telling the same stories over and over again and they were all about swimming all my stories that I was telling people were about swimming yeah. and I was like why have I been hiding this huge part of myself away from everybody and um, I need to do something with this and that started off a huge um period of reflection um where I realized that I'd gone through everything that I'd gone through in the last kind of 10 years was because of swimming and all the, the issues that I've had was because of I hadn't processed properly what I'd gone through uh, what I had been through in swimming and that nobody was really talking about it um yeah you might get there was the one of two kind of top athletes were coming out and sharing their like mental health issues but nobody's talking about the transition and how you don't have to go through that um or not not maybe you go through it a little bit but not to the same extent mm -hmm. um so I wanted that was kind of how the the idea for my podcast was brought about but at the same time I also saw that there was so many athletes or successful athletes are now successful business owners in some way whether that's they own the coaching business or they do something completely different and I started looking at the attributes that we as athletes have the skills that we learn the lessons that we learn when we when we in our sport and the same things that make successful business people mm -hmm. and there's so many that like marry there's so yeah. many that overlap and I was like we've already got these skills we just need a few little bits and pieces in coaching to help us you know take the steps into into that world to make it successful mm -hmm. um and that's where I wanted to help people kind of do that because um for me I know um 
since I, I, I started my podcast, I had a coach to do that. I, would, I wouldn't be launched if I hadn't got a coach to do that. Uh, and it definitely would not have made top 50 in the charts if I hadn't have had a coach. Um, and I, I'm, I have a, a mentor and a business coach and I'm making so much further strides. Like I had the other week, I was feeling um, stuck and challenged. I didn't know what, what I was going, where I was going. Um, I just went like guys I need some help and two 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 of my friends took their hands up and we had we sat down we chatted for an hour and within that hour I got so much more clarity mm-hmm. on where I wanted to go and what I wanted to do than I'd had in the last three months mm. um and as athletes we 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 know the power of coaches yes um because we've had them throughout our careers but sometimes I feel like we think well coaches are just for sport when they're not you can use them in any aspect of your life mm-hmm. um and yeah so that's kind of what I'm doing really is helping people who've got those ideas in their head because I'm sure we've all got them and saying you can make them a reality and it's actually not it's actually not that hard um if you've got the like the few steps that the you that you put them in the right order um and you've actually already got the skills and and the knowledge to to go and do it really yeah, I think that there's such, as you said, a an opportunity for a marriage between former athlete and entrepreneur. And a lot of them are. If you, like some of our her best entrepreneurs, like Lewis Howes, Andy Lee, like they were former athletes. And it just speaks to your characteristics, your drive, your ability to cope with failure and rebound from it and keep going uh, because entrepreneurship there there's a lot of that <laughs> yeah exactly yeah it's i think it's a beautiful space to be in um, yeah and i think for, for me it was it was not just about obviously you the ones that you see are, are often the ones that made it big in sport because they've already got that kind of um exposure but there's, um, especially if you, I mean, if you go and listen to any, any of any of the episodes, they're not all, they're not all the big stars uh, that have made it to the top. They've got that exposure. Um, yeah, you know, I've got people, you know, people from all. I've got lots of gymnastics, basketballs, both pro and not, and, and even high school basketballers that have made, you know, that have been successful because um even from an early age as an athlete, you you learn a lot of those skills and attributes that. That, that are needed and from talking to all these people that I've had on my show one of the big things that comes out is that the the lessons and the mindset that sport gave them is how they use every day in in in, in their business life yeah now I I always get excited to kind of like ask this question when I'm connecting with individuals like yourself former athletes that just like there is this well this is my personal uh, <laughs> I, I literally like I feel like the the athlete soul <laughs> that I get so excited um, when you know they've they've chased or you know started this next dream and not only is it a dream but it's a dream that's also paying it forward and helping athletes but what is your like your big vision? Where, what would be you know like you asked me, in uh, your podcast like what would be just like the ideal in like five maybe ten years? 
Um, the the ideal for me would be to have to have a program that that captures people captures athletes at every single level Mm -hmm. um to go in and at school level and have that mentorship to um help them realize that that you know that sport isn't the be all and end all because like my cousin um he was um he's a footballer um Mm -hmm. he played he was in the academies for for bolton um and so he loves out of school one day a week to go and do the like the apprenticeship for football type thing. Yeah. Um, and when he got to the end of that, he was just dropped and that was it. Mm-hmm. Um, and he'd been bigged up from like the, the from when he was, uh, you know, 10, 11, that he was, you know, going to football was everything. You know, you're going to be a pro, you're going to earn money and all that kind of thing. And then it just didn't happen. So he had that. His story was similar, but in that kind of way. Um, and then there's, while university sport isn't a thing as big a thing over here as it is obviously in the UK, having that connection with sports teams and the books and the club teams and and what I really would love to have is um to put on events where like almost a careers event but focused for athletes where they can go and have um they can find out all the different possibilities that they have and learn from people that have been through it. They can learn about like the fitness and the nutrition, the, the um, opportunities in, in different careers, whether that's media coaching or something else, you know, investing in real estate, whatever it is. And just having that, that option to network and build a community and have a place where people can meet and, and not, not feel so alone, I guess. Right. Those are both phenomenal aspirations and goals. And I, I have no, no problem seeing that you're, you're going to create them and going to, to meet them because it is so needed. And even being, you know, my, my day to day is working in college athletics. Um, and a part of that is putting on like career development events and athlete career nights and whatnot. Um, but it is, there's so much work to be done around it. And there needs to be so much more creativity around it as well. So when oh, I- yeah, I, yeah, I completely agree. Like I went to so many careers events as a, um, like throughout my educational kind of career. Yeah. Um, especially like the, the big ones for me was when I was coming up to like finish my PhD and I knew I didn't want to stay in research and knew I didn't want to stay in academia but I didn't know what I wanted to do so I was like right I'm going to go to these careers event like these graduate events and see see what's out there and they were all like based around like corporate like management level stuff like and graduate schemes and like um, even like the science stuff was because I'm my background is biological science Mm. and apart from like going and working in a like a, a a biological analytical lab right. like most of the science stuff is like science tech so it's like physics and engineering and 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 not my kind of science and it was just like there was nothing here for me why mm. isn't there anything here for me mm. partly because like obviously down the road I realized actually like working in a nine-to-five like that kind of environment is not for me oh. but there was just it was all very very traditional and 
there was lots of options out there that just weren't included for whatever reason and mm-hmm. um i've even outside of sport like even if you're not an athlete there's it's often hard to figure out exactly what there is out there for you yeah and i think that is such it's honestly such a process to finding out what that looks like or even through the process of you not finding what <laughs> yeah you, that is a part of the process as well oh yeah i've had so many like different options along the way where i've been like actually this is not for me and my mum's always like well at least you've just found something you know finding out that something is not for you is as is, is, is as good as finding out what is for you because that's right. like one less thing on the on the list to to think about yeah exactly well i am so excited to see what you do with your platform with beyond the finish line podcast and everything that's going to come from that because i love and appreciate your your story and it has clearly given you so much to transition into the work that you're doing now so i would love and what i usually end on with our her sports story podcast is just some advice for the former athlete and as we know with the world's kind of like current situation with uh, maybe collegiate careers athletics careers ending a lot earlier than anticipated or um, even olympians right having to either be delayed here or maybe this was their their last go at it and now they've decided that you know they're going to move on so it's a very timely, timely message for sure. But what what advice would you give to these athletes kind of transitioning away from their sport and looking for whatever is next? Um, so I guess I've got kind of three things to say. The first one would be give yourself permission and time to process everything that's going on, whether you are in the situation now with with you know the whole collegiate thing and the olympics or whether you're already on that transition you need to give yourself that time to process what's going on um, and the feelings that you're going through and the emotions and all that kind of thing secondly it would be if you need help ask for it that was one of the major things that i didn't do i never i it took me such a long time to pluck up the courage to ask for help um and it's something that i've always struggled with i still do but i'm a lot better at asking for help but there are people out there that will help you even if it's just a family member a trusted friend or someone completely random on the internet um, <laughs> that you know like what like one of us two maybe like if if you feel like you could talk to us then that's fine i'm always open to to you know people chatting to me but if you need that help ask for it people are willing to give it to you um and lastly um you it's okay to change your mind um if you've gone down a route that you now think is not right for you and you want to go and do pursue something else then go and do it um people might you might get a, a little bit of resistance from other people, but at the end of the day, it's your life. You've got to do what makes you happy. If you're not happy, then it's not your life. It's not going to 
be a good life um so it's okay to change and, and try something new if that doesn't work out then fine go and do something else and um, that's you know all part of the journey really and um, so yeah that's that's my advice such good advice so needed so relatable so in closing then where can people connect with you and find you and find your podcast yeah so the podcast is called beyond the finish line it's on itunes on spotify basically wherever you listen to your podcast you should be able to find it um i best place to find me is either on instagram um my handle is at rach boardman or on facebook um i think it's rachel.boardman13 but if you just search rachel boardman manchester you should be able to find me um and um yeah so those are like the two places to to kind of connect with me um, and I, for everyone, any of your listeners out there who, if they do want to chat, um, then I um, about anything. If it's about your transition to sport, if it's about you've got ideas for for a business or whatever, then um, I've got. Um, I would like to just just offer you some 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 a, a bit of a free strategy session, um, and I um, you can get that. Um, I'm going. Let me just figure out what the what the link is. Um, so it's. It's um, at calendar.com forward slash Rachel Bob and forward slash coaching connection call. But I'll give you the, the link that you can yeah. stick that in the show notes for everyone to find out. Um, Great. Yeah, we will put all of that info in the show notes. But thank you so much for hopping on today. Uh, it was a pleasure, pleasure, pleasure chatting with you before on your podcast and just getting to know you more on the Her Sports Story podcast. So thanks so much. No worries. I've had so much fun as well. I can't believe like it's been like all afternoon. Yeah. <laughs>